Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Mike Summer. He's actually on Zoom, but we talked about after you break down the collections, where do you sell the cards? And he has places where he sells his extra cards, and I certainly do as well. We talked about that. Thanks, Mike Summer, uh, Wax Pack Hero. Go check out all of his various stuff. He's one of the podcasts I listen to weekly and very informed of always great blogs as well. Thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. We just kind of went back and forth, but we understood we'd be just covering whatever we wanted to talk about that we thought might be helpful to those who are listening. So hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And here. Okay. Your blog, your writings are very helpful, not just your podcasting, but when you talk about the shipping methods and stuff like that. One of my go-tos is the medium flat rate, but my other one is the padded flat rate envelope. Yeah. The flat rate, and it's 10 bucks ish You've always said you can get 800 cards in there, but getting two 400-count boxes in there, I just want you to look me in the eye and tell me that's not a headache for you to get two 400-counts it takes a little bit of massaging for sure to get a lot of massaging those two 400 count boxes in there but it definitely works two 330s it is more easy to fit in but if i've got two 400 count boxes that i need to send i can do it it just takes a little bit a slow and steady stretch to get that second box in but it definitely does fit a 200 count box if you filled it up so you had a couple of small sets could you just slap a label on it and send it out you probably would save money by not doing the padded flat rate. The postage should be less than 10 bucks, but maybe not a lot less. And so the 200 count box, whether it's sets or stars or something, the perception, if I get a box in the mail that is not in a puffy padded envelope, I'm thinking the person didn't have that extra level of care and I'm be looking for damage, even though there probably isn't. So I want to ask you about 200 cards and then following up with 100 cards. What do we do? Yeah, it's another good clarification, right? I've received 400 count boxes or 330 count boxes with just a label on them You know, when I've ordered things. And much like anything, it all comes down to how they package and protect those things inside that box of whether it makes it safely or not. I've not really had any major issues with people who have done that, but they've added a little bit of extra bubble wrap inside that box so that the cards aren't bouncing up and down and flinging around and those types of things when it's being shipped. Maybe once did I have one of the very edge cards like on the front or the back of the stack have a little issue. There's times where I've got those and the majority of those cards were penny sleeved. And in those situations, I never had any issues if it was a penny sleeve card inside one of those boxes. And so it is a possibility to ship that way Although my rule of thumb is if it's going to be less than a pound, it's for sure cheaper to send it just first class. But I have padded envelopes that I get from eBay in my eBay store, and I get those super cheap, where I have just regular padded envelopes that I'll stick that 200 count box inside, fold it over, tape it so it's somewhat snug and secure inside that padded envelope. I'll still be able to send it first class at a lower price point but adds that extra layer of protection. Again, sports card insights, try to have one each time. I think 200 cards are almost exactly one pound. It's give or take based on the era of the cards, whether they're junk wax or thicker, more modern cards. 
it's roughly 20 pounds for a super monster box of 4,000 cards. Hence, a pound is about 200 cards. So if you had 200 cards, I think with packaging, you'd be over that first class mail threshold. Yeah. So if you're over, if you're over a pound, I don't think there's a cheaper way to go than the padded flat rate envelope. And right. if you're buying that through eBay or pirate ship, you're paying about $8 and 30 cents for that, that padded flat rate. Okay. So my point is at 200, I think it's right on the borderline of a pound. So a hundred definitely, I think you'd want to do first class mail Yep. in some other kind of a very light, you can't do it in the PWE. It's too thick right. for that. So you need some kind of padding or some kind of a box. And if yeah, you have so a box, that's going to add to the weight. So what do you do for 100? If I have any on hand, I'll use a 100 to 200 count box and then pad it well inside and put it in one of those bubble mailers. I've got a decent number because they always come in, in random collections. Some of the clamshell type cases, the snap cases and those types of things. And I'll put them in those as well and use one of those bubble mailers, not the flat rate bubbles, but the regular bubble mailers. And that's what I'll typically do for those kind of cart, the orders that I get that are more than can go in a PWE, which for me is 10 cards and up to that one pound, one pound rate. Okay. I'm thinking about not doing the box because I think the box adds cost and weight. And so I'm thinking about using set bags. So if I take three set bags with 33 cards in each one or 34 in one of them, 100 cards. So I do three set bags, seal them up. And then maybe I've got a lot of extra bubble wrap, maybe give it a wrap of bubble wrap and then put that inside the bubble mailer. Yep. That's another approach that I'll use from time to time. And the boxes that I'm using, when I mention the boxes, I'm not buying boxes to do that. I'm reusing boxes that have come to me in a collection. But in the scenario that you're talking about, I have done that in the past too. Typically for orders that are less than 100 cards, I'll put them in a team bag and then I'll sandwich that team bag either in between two pieces of cardboard or even two used top loaders that aren't necessarily looking good for displaying cards, but are still functional. I'll put them in the team bag and then I'll sandwich it between two top loaders and tape on all four sides of that. And you can make two equal stacks of those side by side and fit them in maybe double zero, kind of the six by nine size of bubble mailer. And I'll put those in there too, to send some of those kind of 20 to hundred card type orders in packages like that. I've not received any complaints from people saying that those have arrived damaged. You're taking extra care. I'm trying to take less care and still not have problems. So I want to have less time and less weight, and but keep the security of not, I'm a serious enough collector. I know I don't like getting cards that are dinged, yep. but a box within a box, which is what they recommend, is seems like overkill because I've run out of boxes now of certain sizes of the smaller ones. I'm going to start doing 100 card lots and you can't put them in a flat rate padded envelope because nobody wants to pay 10 bucks postage for 100 cards. Yeah, you can definitely send those first class. From a selling perspective, it seemed like when you first started the show, Selling on ComC was probably your primary focus just due to the fact that you had less labor involved in that. You weren't having to handle responding to those individual transactions. But since then, you've expanded to starting to list a few things on eBay. 
What have you learned from your foray into eBay selling that has made that either more enjoyable than you thought, or even on the flip side, less enjoyable than you thought, or maybe confirmed what some of your concerns were going into it? Okay. Well, first of all, I, I was doing Comp C from really early on because I knew Tim and I just dabbled in it for a while and then I got into it more. So I already was going pretty strong before I started doing the podcast. That's why I asked Tim if Comp C wanted to be a sponsor right from the very beginning. It's easy. The stuff I don't want to do, they do. But then I started thinking over the years, I thought it can't be that bad to send out packages as long as they're not a whole bunch of them. You got to pull your orders and you've got to go to the post office every day, all these negativity things that I don't want to do. I thought, if I got the lots worked up ahead of time, posted them on eBay, not a Dutch auction, you put a fixed price on there. And what has surprised me, which shouldn't have eBay, is that no matter how good a deal you put on a fixed price lot, they're going to offer you half or whatever. They're going to offer you as little as they can And they're going to be indignant if you don't cut them a deal or something. And so I'm trying to not be a tough guy or anything. I really do want to sell the stuff. But if you price it right from the beginning with no slack, then eBay's not good. Then everybody just gets frustrated. If you say it's a $50 lot and they offer you $25, I can reject that. But if they'd offer me $45, I'd say sold. I wouldn't counter with forty-seven fifty or something. I would just right. say it's a deal. So eBay, I've learned. This has been my year. Frankly, Mike, it's the only way I'm going to make my 1% goal a month decreasing. But just like ComC, the stuff I'm selling on ComC mainly is stuff that is not as important as the stuff I'm keeping. And the yep. eBay stuff is other stuff. So I want to sell 1% a month. But I want it to be the 1% that I least want that month. I don't want to sell the best 1% every month. From what you've described, it sounds like it's probably also similar to the way that I've approached it. Things that don't make sense to send in to to Comp C, right? So you you can put a lot of 100 Jose Canseco cards that wouldn't be worth paying the 50 cents to processing to Comp C, but it might be worth getting that $25 or $30, $40 that you could get by selling it as a lot on eBay. Is that the approach that you've taken? Yes, because basically I know what's not going to sell on Comp C. It's stuff that it, it, it would be unwise to spend 50 cents to sell a card for. Some of them are less than 50 cents when you look there. And, and Jose is the guy I use as an example, but almost anybody, the uh, Derek Jeter or Cal Ripken or Ken Griffey Jr., those guys, they're better than Jose, but Still, some of the base cards, people already have them. I can't picture every card if it's a larger lot, but I can give a representative sample that they can see. First, I thought I would just do all different, but that's a lot of labor there. So I just do a sorted. Then they want to know how many dupes are there. I just say it's already boxed up. So eBay has been less painful than I thought. And I think I'm not getting favors from eBay because I'm doing two things wrong in the algorithms. They want auction rather than fixed price, and they want free shipping. Those two things keep me from getting as much exposure and visibility. I think consistently listing new items is another key thing that helps with that visibility. Yep. And so even if it's a relatively small amount of things, I try to at least list a handful of items every day just to maintain that kind of active engaged status. I think that has helped. And it seems like I get more interaction on even some of those things that have been up a while 
if I'm consistently listing new items. It shows you're active, but do you have a store? Yeah, I have the basic store. Yeah, I did a basic store. $22 a month or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a good tip. But see, I batch. I'll put a whole bunch of lots in on a Saturday. Sure. Then I won't put anything in for another month. And so I think that makes it seem like I'm a part-time, maybe unreliable dealer, which I'm not. So there's times where I will do similar to what you just talked about. Well, I'll take a big chunk of time and I will get my photos ready and all of that type of stuff ready to go. But then on throughout the week, I'll just list five or 10 of those. And so then at that point, all I've got to do is pull it up, load my pictures, make the listing. But I, I'm not necessarily getting out the camera, syncing the camera to the computer, doing all of those types of things every single day to do that. Maybe only once a week do I kind of get the okay. 50 to 60 items or whatever I want to list, do all of that stuff once, but then get them listed over the course of that week. Okay. I may use your wisdom then. Is there anything else you do? Social media, private sale kind of things? I don't do the Twitter stack sales. There's two other things. I still will make Twitter sales, but it's typically somebody who's a follower who knows that I have stuff or they'll see me do one of my TikTok videos or something from the shop. And like last weekend, I had somebody reach out and said, hey, you've got a bunch of junk wax stuff. Do you have any 1990 Donruss wax boxes at the shop? And I said, let me check. When I went in on Saturday, I still had four. So I sent him a message on Twitter, said, I, hey, I got four boxes. I could do 10 bucks a box plus shipping on those. And he's like, I'll take all four. And so I brought them home and bundled them up. So there's sales like that that I make through Twitter, but it's typically people who are following me who see something in one of my videos and say, hey, I want that. Or they know that I've got a genre and they see if I've got anything and I'll put those together. The other thing that I'll do is after I've gone through these big collections and I've pulled out my quarter box, dollar box type stuff and the sets, all of the rest of the bulk, I'll typically every few months put up a big Facebook marketplace listing for that big bulk listing for really cheap just to get it out of the way. The man- 